0: We've got to become world-class at selling marketing because it's getting harder and harder. Mm -hmm. You know, all the prices are going up and that's not anything we can control because that's just the reality.
1: Hi, it's Tom Calis here. I've got with me Mitch Piraburn. Have I said it right? Absolutely, mate. Okay, I'm really pumped today because normally we have seven-figure attraction agent systems Mm -hmm. but Mitch does an interesting role he is the chief auctioneer for Harcourts, working out of Brisbane, but his job that he does Monday to Friday, and that's what got me of interest when I asked Mitch to do this video blog, is it's called uh, Marketing and Advertising Procurement right. yep. Okay, so in a nutshell, Mitch, what you do is you go to listing presentations with agents, helping them secure the listing and marketing. Absolutely. Mitch, I want to talk. Uh, it's an interesting role because what you're doing is you're going into listing presentations, yeah. and you're um, seeing what the good ones are doing to get VPA. You're also seeing what the ones that struggle get wrong, yeah. and you would have picked up a lot of learnings um, about what you've got to do to be able to convince an owner to invest in marketing. Yeah. So. If I said to you right from the outset, what are three things that come to your mind, Mitch, about um, the good ones, what they do? I think the good ones, they have the guts to ask for it.
0: They say to the vendor, hey, listen, this is my recommendation, but I believe the best ones are non-biased towards any method. The reality is the moment you push something on somebody or you say, this is the only way something can be done, I find I get resistance. If I say to a vendor, hey, listen, all the best ones that I've seen, when they say, hey, listen, this is what we recommend you need to do. You don't have to go down this path because we can sell your property any way possible. We can put a sign out the front. We can put it on the internet. We'll get it sold for you. But if you want to do it properly and you want to get the best possible result, this is what we recommend.
1: And it's up to you at the end of the day. Okay, so what you're saying, and by the way, guys and girls, Mitch is going to about 30 listing presentations a month. That's what he does. He goes in with existing agents. So he's got a great helicopter view of the do's and the don'ts. So what you're saying is, don't go in there with an agenda saying that this is the one way, the only way. What you go in there is as a trusted advisor, giving solutions, making recommendations. I think what you've got to
0: be to a vendor is you've got to just assess the situation and be a handler of situations I look at it because every listing presentation is different. Every person is different. What they want out of a transaction is different. And I believe that to be really skilled at real estate, particularly listing in real estate, you've got to be able to adapt yourself to the client. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to say, well, this is what they want out of the situation. What's best recommend what we would recommend for them to do and then go from there. I think if you've got this cookie-cutter view, what happens is that you get resistance from the vendor, and then when they resist or they challenge what you're saying, that's when the problems start to happen. Because naturally, people don't like to be challenged. Yeah. So I think when you look at it and you go, well, hey, this is what we recommend we need to do, This is what our recommendations are, and you can put it out there in a third party as a a non-advisor. you as a trusted advisor, you get the best results.
1: Right. Okay, Mitch, can I ask you, uh, so firstly start off saying is that they've got guts Mm. to ask for it. Absolutely. Okay. Why do you think people don't
0: ask for it? I think think knowledge in real estate, and it might sound a little bit silly, but knowledge can actually be your enemy in a lot of ways. I did my first listing presentation when I was 18 years old. I had my real estate licence for a week. Um, I had been working with somebody in Harcourts by the name of Ben Brady who I did my training with um, since I was 17 onwards and I did a lot of training on license so I would follow him around or follow agents around to their listing presentations and I watch what they do, I watch what I like, I watch what they didn't like. Um, my first one, I just believe that everybody went in and asked for an option and asked for big marketing. And right. I had a naivety, I believe, when I asked for it. Right. In that I didn't think the questions were, were silly or I didn't think, you know, I was going to get anybody offside. I just said, well, this is what we do. Um, would you like to do it? Right. And, and my first presentation, I'll never, never forget it, I got an auction and we got $12,000 marketing in the career mail because yeah. all I did
1: was ask for it. And I believe it was my naivety that got me there. Okay, so you, you've raised, and this is a bit of a breakthrough because what, what you're saying, Mitch, mm-hmm. is... What you believe, whether it's true or not, is really irrelevant, because what you believe is the way you conduct yourself and the way that you behave yourself. And what you're saying is, when maybe you start to get too knowledgeable, and you might actually change that approach. So. Um, why does someone a, a, a changer approach? Is it but they've had a bad, you know, they've had a bad? Yeah. yeah, I think. And the biggest thing I learned is you can't get every kick in a football game.
0: Right. But the thing is that you know, if someone gets a bad experience with a vendor that tells them, no, I want you to pay for the marketing, or hey, I want you to cut your commission, or I'm not going to go to auction because I saw a bad one down the road, you can become very, I believe, closed to the, presenting it again because you're afraid you're going to lose listing. And I believe that if you have the naivety to go in and say, well, I'm going to give them all the options, so I'm going to be the professional here and try and get a good outcome, you're going to win more than you lose. Right. And, and sometimes you've got those clients you can't move. Yeah. But if you ask, you know, the stupidest question I always say is the one that isn't asked. Right. And I believe that we get caught up in, well, what if they ask me, you know, what if they ask me to pay for the marketing? Or what if they say the paper doesn't work? Or what if they say they've seen an auction fail time and time again? And we believe the green-eyed is behind the door and walk into a property. Yeah. And we're just thinking this vendor is going to hit me up with question after question, I'm not even going to bring it up. Right. And if they say they want to price it, then we'll price it. If they say they don't want to do marketing, I want to talk about it. And if they say they want me to cut my commission, I'll say I'll ask my principal. Right. And, and it becomes that snowball effect, I believe, of being afraid to ask the questions. Right. And I train on it all the time in half courts Is that I believe we've got to be a bit naive and say, let's just ask the questions and see what happens.
1: And okay. to get the results. Okay, so takeaway point number one is ask the questions. Have the courage. Um, don't uh, fail because of fear. Um, I want to ask you, Mitch, are there other things that you notice that are successful in helping a vendor start seeing the value proposition in marketing? I think with marketing, you've got to it up. It can't be, hey,
0: look, this is our marketing packages. Here's our gold, silver, bronze. Here's each figure. This one's 5,000. This one's nine. This one's twelve. Because the reality is the moment they see that figure, they hone in on it. Right. It's like with auctions. You know, why while we, while we, so we sell auctions is because when a buyer sees a price, they automatically set a seal on what they're going to pay. Right. Whereas the auctions completely different. It's like marketing. You've got to show the vendor that, hey, look, you don't have to do this. But if you do, this is what's going to happen. And I believe the breakthrough point with showing marketing is war stories. And if you don't have your own, steal some other people's war stories. Okay,
1: so let's talk about war stories. Yeah, what are war stories?
0: War stories are, are, are actual
1: situations
0: that have happened to you or have, you've heard about happening in real estate that you can tell a vendor, hey, look, this is what happened when we did this. Or this is what happened when we did this. And, and give them actual tangible evidence of what's happened in the past. Because evidence defeats disbelief. Right. So I suppose when you look at it, and you say, well, I'm going to sell the vendor marketing, I believe you've got to be selling the vendor the process in which you go to get the premium results. And I believe that all starts with saying to a vendor, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, every result in real estate is not the same. Some properties are undersold. Some properties are sold at market value because they didn't have the right buyers there. Some properties are sold over market value at a premium dollar, and they're the ones you read about in the paper. They're the ones you see selling $80,000 over reserve. They're the properties that you went, wow, that went for a great result. And Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, the reason there's differences in results, there's the ones that went for great results, there's the ones that you say they were undersold or that went too cheap, is because they didn't go down the right path in the right marketing. And I certainly would never recommend, based on the way that we get paid by a commission, anything that wasn't going to work throughout this process. So, what I'm asking for is a little bit of trust in me for the next
1: 20 minutes yeah. to explain to you why I think it's important. Okay, so let's assume, Ben, that I'm on the same page with you now and I'm basically saying I'm all ears. Mm. What's the structure look like from there? I believe the structure is
0: we've got to become world class at selling and marketing because it's getting harder and harder. Yeah. You know, all the prices are going up and that's not anything we can control because that's just the reality. I believe you've got to sell the internet first. You've got to sell the sign package first. You've got to sell your flyers. You've got to sell your photos. That's your key. To sell the basic stuff to get on the market and get you online. And be very, very clear with the vendor that, hey, this is a non-negotiable. This is the basics. Yeah. Once you get an agreement on the basics, then you can start bringing in print. Then you can start bringing in, well, how do we power up this campaign to get you a better result? Because the internet's going to get us our local buyers. It's going to get buyers that are searching for your property in your suburb for your price range. That's what's going to happen. The paper, though, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because we get buyers that aren't looking at your particular area might not be looking at your particular price range, but they see your property next to a 1,000 other properties that are in different areas. Right. And it opens us up to an entirely new range of audience. And the reality is we don't have to do the paper. It's, right. it, it, we don't. And you have a choice. But I believe you also have a choice to compromise. Because if we don't go down that route, we're going to be
1: left with the local buyers own. Uh, and just for our viewers, so you know, the market that Ben's talking about specifically is um, in Brisbane where we have a paper there called the Courier Mail, which many of you know, and that paper does the whole state. Of course, when we're talking about our local papers, like in the Wentworth Courier, the way that was delivered would probably be not as relevant where they, you have a confined area. Yeah, yeah. Mitch, what do you say to the person at the listing presentation that says... But newspapers are expensive, or newspapers are dead. Hmm. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. If somebody says newspapers are dead, I tend to go down the path of when I handle an objection, I believe you have to diffuse it first. Because the moment you get an objection, you come back with a quick answer. Well, you know, forty percent of our buyers come from the newspaper or something. You automatically enter into confrontation. Yeah. If you go down the path and say, you know what, the newspapers? Okay. In twenty, thirty years, will I still be here? We don't know. It's ever changing, but the reality is that the reason the paper continues to be strong every week in, week out is that people still read it, and and that's the reality. Okay, so what
1: you're saying is you don't go into like a ping pong match where they say that, you say that, they say that. What you say is more or less it's it's a soft agreement. It it, it is, and and, you know
0: even if you don't believe it, hey look, I understand that you might not be a paper reader. Because not everybody is. Right. And it's the same as some people don't use the internet to look for property. Yeah. Because they grew up generationally yeah. looking at the paper for their property. Yeah. So I guess it's we have to deal with taking our seller hat off for a second yeah. and putting our buyer hat on yeah. and saying, Well, if I'm a buyer that's looking at me in the paper yeah. and not looking at me on the internet, I'm gonna be excluded from your home. Yeah. And that's my concern for you. Yeah. And the paper being expensive <laughs> and you know what it is? Yeah, and yeah. if I was selling my home, I would be a little bit loath to spend the money as well because it's a lot of money up front. Yeah. And I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Automatically, the vendor is going, this guy gets me. Yeah. Thank you. It is a lot of money up front. Yeah. Just you know, $10,000 for me up front is going to be hard now. Yeah. However, Mr. Vendor, you've got to understand the reason the paper is expensive is because it works, is because it reaches more buyers than the internet does because the internet buyers are the ones specifically looking at your property, right. or your properties in your area, in your right. suburb. Right. The buyer, who comes from the paper, might not be looking for your suburb at all. Correct. To exclude them, I believe, would be naive of us, yeah. and would we'll be compromising your result. Having said that, you don't have to go down the path of the paper. Right. You, you
1: don't have to do it. I just need to provide it to you today. Okay. Um, Mitch, is there any things when you're at a presentation? Are you showing anything mm-hmm. when you get, when you go out to yeah. these meetings? Um, I believe that regardless of of
0: the price that we give a vendor or the the marketing we present or the method we present or or the fees that we give. I believe that it's got to be about us as real estate agents because the choice is about you as an agent because everyone can always undercut you in fees. Anyone can always offer free marketing. Anyone can offer a higher price or anyone can say, I don't want to go to auction. But it comes down to people choose agents because they're like them and they connect with them. I take in a, a piece of paper or a book, I should say, and a pen. Yeah. I sit with the vendor and I draw my diagrams. Right, am going through auctions or going through marketing, whatever it may be. The only coined part of my presentation it is a template that I have for the Korean mail. Right. So my newspaper template cutouts, yeah. I bring that up and I show them the different sizes. Because I believe that the key to getting newspaper ads is not asking for the newspaper ad, it's asking for
1: what size ad are we going to do. Oh, so are you showing different sizes? It's different sizes. Same property? Uh, or just same, pro- same property. Yeah. I've got a template with the same home. Um, yeah. We've got my double page spread, I've got a full page, my half pages, and my quarters. So that's basically what I'm selling. Okay, well, that's, I mean, to me, that's very powerful because mm-hmm. that's a bit like evidence based type selling. Mm-hmm. You're creating evidence mm-hmm. and you're saying to them, Well, you tell me what looks better, and and they're seeing it with their own eyes. They are, and and I think the the key to marketing
0: is, and I've told vendors before, you know, hey, look, when they go for the smallest ad, I know it's because they know it's cheapest. Right. But I go, the reality is, is your buyer going to perceive that your property sits in the right value range of that ad size? Right. The reason I bring this out today is to explain to you that there are different sizes of ads. And for your particular property, if you were a buyer, putting the price aside, which size of ad you think would best suit Because I know that if it's 800000 dollars property, it wouldn't look good in a quarter package. It just wouldn't suit the home. Right. Because it's not that prestige to sort of ad size. Because the bigger the ad size, the perceived value for the buyers is the more value it is. Right. And I'd hate to do an ad that's too big for your home. Yeah.
1: That'd be terrible. Because we get the wrong buyers for it. But I'd also hate to do an ad that's too small for your home because, again, we get the wrong bias. Again, right? and what you're saying to me makes sense because it's the truth, mm-hmm. isn't it? I okay. And you want mm-hmm. to be brutal with the truth. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mitch, let me ask you about the vendor that says, but the other agent says they're doing it for nothing. Mm-hmm. Does it come up? Oh, of course. Of course, every day.